Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God our staff before we do prayer before service intercessory prayer you're all invited it's my favorite thing we do here um, from 9 15 to 9 45 it's become a beautiful thing and I was sharing with the staff in here as we prayed at the end of that that I really like the message God has put on my heart I know it's for our church um, I know it's for our church it's it's a beautiful message from Ephesians 4 and I'm not supposed to tell you it today I really believe I'm not supposed to share it with you and I don't know why, I'm not, I'm not that guy, I'm not like every week like, if you want to know how I study, I study too much. If you, wanna, if you don't believe me, ask my wife. I study like 30 hours a week for every sermon. I, God's trying to teach me to be like, you can, you can make it more concise here, buddy. That's, I feel like that's what he says to me all the time. But today I feel like I'm supposed to share with you my story, and I feel like we're supposed to pray for one another. So we're going to do that, if that's okay with you guys. Is that okay with everybody? Yeah. Um, I, I mentioned a couple weeks ago that I just said flippingly, like, oh, you know my story. And somebody came to me after church, and they were like, I don't know your story. And I was like, really? And I started to think about all the people God's been bringing to our church. Like, it's, it's amazing who's been showing up here, because we've never promoted once. It's kind of like almost like an annoying thing, we believe. Like, almost like we're like that church. It's like, oh, we're not going to promote. You're gonna... And God's bringing people and God's bringing people that are in love with what we're in love with. And while I know it's not about collecting all the same kind of people, I'm just really thankful for who you are in our community. You need to know that when I look at you as a pastor, and I even, I feel like I'm, we're all kind of in this together, but I am proud of our body. I'm proud that when somebody walks into this room that doesn't know who they are here, I know they're going to be loved. If you want to ask me about what I think the most beautiful thing about a church is, I think that's it. I don't think it's that we study like John Piper. I don't think it's that we worship like Bethel. I think that you can tell who belongs to Jesus by how they love people. And I think when people walk in this room, I don't think. I f I'm excited for a first-timer to come. 
I'm excited for people to bump into you because it's infectious what God started to do here. That's what we're known for now. We're known as a family, a village, as people who love well. We're willing to get sloppy. We're not willing to get sloppy because sloppy is the big win. We're willing to get sloppy because relationships are the big win. And you can't do relationship without sloppiness. Try it. It's impossible. I have kids. So today I just want to share with you um, a little bit about me. And then we're going to pray. And I'm gonna, this is what I know we're going to pray about. For those of you who God's been stirring about calling in your life, because we've spoken on it twice in a row, that God's been, whether he's been saying, here's what you're supposed to do, or whether it's caused some turmoil in you, where you're like, we're talking about calling, I have no idea. Like, I have no clue at all what I'm supposed to do with my life. Whatever it is related to calling, I feel like we're going to pray for that today, and I feel like God's going to meet you. I'm not saying he's going to tell you your calling, but I am saying he is going to meet you. He is Emmanuel. He will meet with you. If you approach him and, he, and, and knock, just you understand, knock and he'll answer. And so we're going to do that. But first, I just want to share with you a little bit about myself. This is my wife, Sarah. For those of you who don't know that, a lot of you do. My beautiful wife led worship today. Did you guys enjoy it? Yeah. Like, like one out of ten, what would you say? Twelve. Um, so I'm just going to pray real quick pray with me Lord I really feel like you're you're wanting to say something to our body right now I just want you to have the freedom in here to speak into the lives that are yours that you've called prayer has led them here whether it's through an uncle, an aunt, a grandma or an invite They've been led here by prayer. I know that's true. And Jesus, we know that you answer prayer. And so right now, you're in this room. I just pray right now that people would hear and know who you are. That they would know that you are good. And that they would know that you love them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If I'm honest with you, I didn't know that Jesus was good for the first 10 years of my Christianity. I was pretty angry. Um went to a really giant church, and I uh, was really frustrated, but really more so, I just wanted to be noticed, and so I did a lot of things to get myself noticed. I acted out quite a lot. Um, I was really good at acting out. Um, probably would have looked like misbehaving, but it was more legitimate insecurity. Uh, maybe some of you can relate to that, and so for me, the first part of my Christianity was I was made to be in environments with people who I could, I'm not trying to be that guy. I felt like I could kind of tell they didn't even care about it. Um, it was more of a ritual, like they would show up because you're supposed to show up, you know, but depth and relationship and people who loved Jesus when you saw him. I don't know that I knew many of those people. I knew people that when I was around them, I felt like they expected things of me, but it had nothing to do with what God wanted for my life or how God loved me. It had everything to do with me being better for the environment that I was in. I could feel that. I feel like a lot of us can feel that. Um, so I grew up in the area and went to school in the area. Our family moved 19 times before I was 18. And all my family's in the room. <laughs> Good job, family. <laughs> so I'm really stable. Um, I don't like, this is something we struggle with, I don't like to, to stay in one place long. Uh, staying here forever. <laughs> Legitimately, I feel like we love this and this is what we want to do the rest of our life. But in terms of where we live, I'm ready to move like every three months. Um, so my environment growing up, she is not, no. 
same house her whole life. My environment growing up was a really good one. My, my family loved the Lord. It was extremely dysfunctional. Can we just be honest for a little bit? Um, in, a <laughs> in a loving way. Um, but whose family isn't extremely dysfunctional, right? It's not if your family's dysfunctional. It's what you do when you fall in love with Jesus with that. Like, I can't be mad at my family. I love my family. My family's in this room. They've been redeemed. The picture of my family and the grace of God in it, it doesn't even make sense. Like, you can't put, like... 1 plus 1 equals 2. It's like 1 plus 1 equals negative 38. But somehow, Jesus has a way of making grace and making things make sense that should not. So I just say this to you, um, who has a family like that? Um, God can do things unbelievable. I don't want to share too much because you're, you're, right now you're like, I should have not come today. <laughs> you are right. But I love my family. I love that they're all here in this room. I love that... Um, you know, my parents made sure I knew about who Jesus was, even though um, maybe, I don't know, I, I don't know that I, I didn't really know him in the beginning. You know, I didn't really know Jesus. So I say that to say I had a lot of frustrations and I was ready to kind of throw in the towel on everything. Um, and long story short about the really colorful parts of my testimony is I was in a lot of trouble in high school, didn't graduate, jumped around to different high schools, which everyone would accept me after getting in a lot of trouble. You've all heard that part, maybe some of you haven't, and was supposed to be a junior at North Cobb and ended up taking a GED, and I heard about a school in Tennessee, Lee University, that would accept people. So I went there, and I was drug addicted, and so I showed up with marijuana, actually, and went into a guy's dorm room, and I was like, <laughs> at a Christian college, I was like, hey, I got marijuana. He made me flush it down the toilet. I was not happy with that. Um, <laughs> So I'm supposed to be, you know, a junior in high school that flunked out, and I'm at a Christian school. It doesn't even make sense. I didn't deserve to be there earlier than all the people who did good in school. It like, didn't even make sense. I was supposed to be a junior. I'm in, in college because I took a GED. And I remember um, the first interaction I had with what I would say like the real Jesus came from a question I had. And I, I looked at a guy, and I said, I've honestly been in church my whole life, the biggest church in Georgia. I still I don't really know that I know how to pray. And I remember the guy said, go, um, go, go be by yourself and just talk to Jesus. And I did that. And from that moment on, God started to do amazing things in my life. And I was not polished at all. And so for the next five years, it was a lot of pain, a lot of turmoil. It took me forever to get through Lee University. I did. Made a lot of bad decisions at Lee um, it, after seeking the Lord. Like that's the part of my testimony that you need to hear for those of you who have made bad decisions post your Christ experience. I definitely made some of the worst decisions post my Christ experience and paid the consequences for it, right? My sins are forgiven. I'm 100%, but I still paid the price for some of the decisions I make, just like we all do. So get through Lee University, um, dating a girl that doesn't want to date me because I want to become a youth pastor. I don't even know that I've heard from the Lord at this point, honestly. I want to become a youth pastor because I made a lot of bad decisions and maybe I can impact them. So Sarah and I, meet after I break up with this girl because this girl's coming. Hello. <laughs> Easy. Um, and so actually there was a, about a three-year period in between it where I kind of made a decision I wouldn't date, not because I'd read a book on dating and, and I didn't get a fake ring, anything like that. I just didn't know how to make a good decision while dating. So there was, it was easy for me. So I stopped dating. <laughs> I, you, I kissed dating goodbye. I didn't read that book. Is that a book? I kissed um, stupid decisions goodbye because that's all I could do. After a season of not looking for a girl, I end up meeting Sarah, who, I mean, amazing, right? For those of you who are 
either about to get married or struggling that you'll never get married, first of all, if your biggest thing you always think of is I want to be married, you're getting married. I'm just going to throw that out there. You kind of do what your, your mind is always set on. Just don't marry the wrong person, okay? That's, for the one in here that's like, oh, he just said I'm getting married. Yes. Your struggle is not whether or not you're getting married. You will. You need to marry the right person, okay? Slow your roll. You'll meet people. Don't meet the wrong one and do the dumb thing, okay? You need to have some parameters around. I'm just going right now, but... So I met Sarah after not dating, and she loved the Lord. We both felt like we were supposed to go into ministry. She moved down from New York City, where she was in publishing at Simon & Schuster, successful in the city, called to ministry. Her call to ministry, I'll let her share at some point, but she felt literally like the Lord said, you're supposed to go serve youth. Turned in her resignation, came and got a master's degree in youth ministry. Well, I was getting a master's of divinity. It's longer. The master's of divinity is much longer than the master's of youth ministry. (laughs) Who had better grades? See, that's, I don't know. I would never look at those. I would not. I did graduate. Which is another interesting part of my story is I don't have a high school education and I have a master's degree. (laughs) I can't tell you. I'm just telling you like God plus whatever equals like negative 32 and it makes sense. So after that, we go into youth ministry. And here's the part I really want to land on. I had no idea what calling meant. I didn't know what it looked like. I just knew that I was going to be the man of God in the place that sent me. I couldn't believe somebody would hire me. It was a youth ministry about 10 miles from here. I could not believe someone would hire me legitimately like I would have said yes to anybody that could just give us enough money to get by church hired us and clueless on how to lead people I remember sitting down some people some of the people in this room were in my first ever youth ministry meeting and I had like the plan I sat down I'm changing I showed up to say I'm changing the youth ministry name (laughs) first thing don't ever do that if you lead a ministry don't show up your first day and tell the people in part of the ministry you're changing everything I did that so we had like half that, pe- half that group of people leave. I remember thinking at the beginning of this, I needed to be the nicest person people had ever met because I had harmed people really well. I was really good at harming people. And so for the first, I believe the first five years of my ministry as I lived it out, I was more worried about offending someone than I was about what the Lord was telling me. So I made a bunch of decisions made out of fear. I made a bunch of decisions made. I had a bunch of weeks where I was overwhelmed because everybody's disappointed at some point, right? And so, long story short, after that season, we became youth pastors at another church, where I felt like was like the honey hole of our ministry. Our ministry grew from, I don't know, a little to a lot. It, it, it was huge. I was really good at um, processing things and making things big, and by the end of the season there, I really kind of hated myself. I used to actually, I, I've told you guys this, I used to catch myself saying to myself, I hate you, I hate you, to myself. It doesn't even make sense because the way that I had led and the way that I had followed, I'd followed leadership that felt like broad is the best and anything that's broad is good and anything that's big is good and God was saying, you're not leading the way that Christ led. And my heart was broken and... There were times I thought I would not go into ministry. Literally, we talked about moving to Zimbabwe, Ghana. You just throw out a name. We're like, we'll probably move there. My brother was in Dubai. I thought about moving there. And I, I basically went and met with a pastor of that church and said, I'm turning in my resignation. I cannot do it like this anymore. I know that God's called you to do that, but this is not what God's called me to do. I'm scared to death. I was making $60,000, which for some of you is like, that's like 
changed. And for somebody like that's like crazy. But for a youth pastor, that's like unheard of. And I turned it in and was like, I'm going to go be a nomad. And I worked in a factory. I worked for a friend's lighting company. Um, I sold. I just did whatever I could for months and months and months to make money to live, to seek the Lord. Because we were going to hear what the Lord wanted us to do. So if you hear me say anything today, understand that there's got to be a process of time where you say, I'm giving you space, Lord, and this space is for you to speak into what I need to do. Does that make sense? Because you're going to do something, right? You're going to go lead a youth ministry that probably doesn't have a lot of the Lord in it. Maybe not you, but that's what I'm going to do. So there's got to be space. In that space, we met with five couples. We said, speak into us. You have free reign to speak into us. If you're unwilling to be led, if you're unwilling to be spoken to, if you're unwilling to listen when you're wrong, you're not going to walk with the Lord. Do you hear me say that? You will not walk with the Lord if, you, if nobody can speak into you and say, you are wrong. You will not walk with the Lord because you will be wrong. And you need to hear it when you're wrong. And I need to hear it when I'm wrong. And so we needed to sit in front of people and be like, just read our mail, tell us what we need to be, what, what do you see in us, and I think I saw some resentment, I think I saw, I could have become the ministry that was more about what we're not going to be, like, I want to say words I can't say, like, blank them, we, we're not going to become that, instead of like, God, what are you speaking to us to do, because it's not about the no, right, it's about the yes in your life, it's about the yes in your life, if your ministry or life is based on not being something, what is that? Like, there's no successful chain of restaurants based on not being McDonald's. They're good at what they're good at, you know. Be that. Seek the Lord and let Him speak. So we had five people speaking to us. We fasted. We prayed. And then we jumped into a church that we saw closely doing that. And we we sat down and we said, we want to learn. And so, for us, this process that we went through, this, like, path all the way up to where we would be had a lot to do with humility and a lot less to do with what I thought I was good at. And in a couple weeks, I'm going to share this passage, which has become one of my favorites. But you have to be able to say you're not good at something. And you have to be able, even if you're good at something, to be able to not do it, even if you know you can do it better than someone. If you know in a room that you can do it better than someone, and, and God's not giving you the opportunity to do it, sit down. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 14 if ever there's a prophet that stands up and another prophet stands up, it doesn't matter if the first one's right. Sit down because the unity of the body is more important. That's scripture. And so you're going to be in situations, and we were at Riverstone. I had to join a prayer ministry, which I loved. We're actually starting Night of Healing Prayer in a few months here. And I had to be sat down and told, you're only allowed to go pray with, people, with your hands on people's backs. And I'll be like, I bet I'm like this big important deal. You have no idea how, how huge I am. What's your name? Josh Turner? Never heard of you. <laughs> These are all in my head. But like this most beautiful process of submission didn't mean that I wasn't going to live the call. It probably meant more than anything that God was going to lead me into what he had for me. I can tell you how calling in, in your life for Christ will not come if you're demanding it. If you're demanding what you know God wants you to do, it won't come about the right way. It will look messy. So we submitted to the process, didn't make money, lived in my parents' basement, definitely lived in my parents' basement, and it was one of the best years of our life. Led us here to you, now we're here, and I wake up every day. Every Sunday morning is now my favorite morning. 
I promise you, when I walk in these halls, it is my favorite day of the week. I don't feel peace like I feel when I'm here. I don't enjoy talking to people. I love my family. I'm not, you know what I'm saying. I used to walk into a church and wanted to be anywhere different than the church. I walk into our church, I want to be here. I can say that I'm living out of what I know God wants me to do, and I don't want to be doing anything else. I want that for you. I want you to know if, this, if God's been just prying your heart, pulling your heart, if the enemy's been saying you're not called, that's a bunch of, mm, that's what it is. It's baloney. You are called. You're equipped. Some of the best pastors on earth have never preached and have no idea what ministry is. Some of the most amazing worship leaders on the planet have no clue what worship leading is. Some of the people in this room right now, God has such a strong calling on your life, not for you, for other people. And if he can lead you to it the way he leads himself to you in humility, in selflessness, in saying, I'm serving you, if he can lead you to it like that, you will live for him. If your call is about you, stop everything and quit what you're doing. You don't need to be the man of God, okay? Can we just get that out? Old Testament knowledge about over-honoring one person in a body. The honor is for everyone. The honor is for everyone. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. So I'm saying to you today, my heartbeat, see, this is my story, is for you to wake up every morning and say, I am doing and being and living out of exactly what God has for me. I'm doing it. And so if you wouldn't mind standing to your feet, I want to spend some time. And James, if, if whoever, I don't know if we even planned this, but whoever can come up on stage and lead some worship for a little bit, I want some interaction time. We're going to pray for two things, actually. And for those of you who have never been here before, I preach every week. You can Google. You don't have to Google. You can just go to our website. We have a website. And all of the messages are on there. We're in Ephesians right now. We're jumping back in to Ephesians 4 very soon. I can't wait for you to have it, but for those who, have, who are here, and God has been speaking something or stirring something or something's been happening, wherever you're at, listen and notice how, the, how God is working in your heart. What's happening? Is it lethargicness? Not even a word. When you're hearing messages about calling and spirituality and going deeper, is it just blah? Respond to that. What's happening there? Don't wait till you're something you think you should be. If you hear this and you're like, Josh just doesn't understand. I can do what he's doing better. Listen to what's happening in your heart. What's going on there? If your thought is, I've never had a clue what I'm supposed to do with my life. Listen to that. That's good. That leads to questions. Questions lead to prayer. <laughs> it's the curveball. Prayer and answers. <laughs> so can anybody that will be on our, our prayer teams just come stand over um, with, with people and pray for people. Here's what we're going to do, though. This is the part about community that I absolutely love that not enough churches do, okay? I want people who are people to pray with people, not just God's anointed, okay? So if you're in this room and God's been working on your heart about calling or uncertainty or any of that stuff, or what am I supposed to do or I'm not doing it, would you just raise your hand right now? Anybody in the room? Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Just for a moment, as they lead worship, keep them high. People around them, just gather around them, interact with them, okay? All right, and I'll, I'll make it awkward until people connect, and I'm sorry if that's offensive for you. That's just biblical goodness, person-on-person -person goodness. Now, 
There are people in this room who have needs that the body needs to hear, okay? Bravery is needed. People of God need to surround you. You you know it. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. Now, if that's you, these teams are here for you. So everyone, just close your eyes. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. I love that the Holy Spirit is pictured as the counselor, the comforter, the healer, and never the demand it now guy. Why did that even get into our theology? The Holy Spirit is like an embrace of the Father. And I pray that the Holy Spirit today would open your heart to receive from Jesus all that he has, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. And I pray that he would overwhelm you with his goodness. He is a good father. He is a good father. In Jesus' name, the thought that says that you are a bad father. You, don't, you're not, you have no right in this room. You're a good father. So we're just going to spend some time, okay? We're going to spend some time in prayer and allowing the Lord to say to you, listen, eyes closed. The Lord wants you to wake up every day saying, I am doing and living out of exactly what the Lord has for me. I promise that's, that's the truth. And if you know you're not there, He can lead you there. The Holy Spirit is there to lead you there. Break down walls in Jesus' name. Break down barriers in Jesus' name. Just one more thing, the stupidest thing ever this morning, and I'm not saying the Lord is stupid, but as we've interceded, I've asked people to ask the Lord to speak to them. I believe the Lord speaks to people. I I really felt like the Lord was saying, introduce me to your friends. I don't even know. uh, Introduce me to your friends. There's somebody in here that just needs Jesus. I think he wants to be introduced to you. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so for the next little bit, prayer team's up front. For those of you who raised your hands, one more time up, and I just want people to surround them before we start worshiping. You see the people in the back over there? Before we go, go into worship, somebody surround. There's three people back here. Y'all can, that section, if you want to own them, just own them in a loving way. Anybody over here just need prayer? Don't be scared. And I'm going to just encourage you to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit as you pray. Listen. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep, that's you. So Jesus, just pour out your spirit today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.